Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Computer Weekly Downtime Upload Podcast. I'm Cliff Saren and my guest today is Gartner analyst Mark Ruschino, who is co-author of When Machines Become Customers. Uh, Thanks very much for being on the podcast today, Mark. Uh, To get things started, may I ask you, what is a machine customer? Hi, Cliff. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. A machine customer is a a non-human economic actor that obtains goods or services in exchange for payment. So that's our definition of a machine customer. It is essentially a machine that is behaving as a customer. It's doing the things that customers do um, rather than a human. Not, not, you know, immediately off the face of it, not a technically complex idea, but a very profound idea. It takes quite a long time to admit that the machine itself is becoming the customer, that's not kind of the channel, that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean... Today, I can ask a smart speaker for something like a new recipe, uh, you, know, you know, one of these like Amazon devices, and uh, she'll find find one and then ask if I would like to order the ingredients, right, from, uh, in this case, Amazon. Uh, clearly, uh, that's in their best interest. We're talking about Amazon in this, in this context. Uh, uh, but if a machine is truly working behind the scenes to help us out, how can we be sure that it's working in our best interest? Well, let's let's take that exact analogy. I mean, if you know, you there, there's a grey area there because when some machine is selling and when it's acting on your behalf as the customer, um, if I say Amazon, I'm going to make um, a, a stew this evening, um, and and or, or Alexa, I'm going to make a stew this evening, and she says, okay, then Mark. Um, I'll get the ingredients for you. Um, that is me delegating the work of being a customer to that machine. The machine's gone, found the recipe that you just said. Mm. The machine's decided what the ingredients are. The machine will then go shop for those ingredients. And if it's doing that, then then I'm going to hope it's shopping um, mostly on my behalf. Mm. But let's be clear. You know, if I instructed a person to go to the shops for me, how certain I am am I that the person, let's say it was a child that I was asked to, to go, <laughs> that they didn't, you know, that they didn't, I don't know, buy the cheaper potatoes or the cheaper meat and then save a little bit of the money and spend that money on some sweets. Mm. I mean, there's really not much of a distinction at that point. And as long as we're prepared to delegate an action, then we are trusting to some extent. And of course, we'll, there'll be trust issues that come around machine customers. But the machine cut is becoming a customer when it's doing the selecting, the buying, the transacting, the negotiating on our behalf. Okay. Um, in the book, you describe three phases of how machine customers will work. Uh, and there's also a, uh, a phase zero, which I think we've, we've just touched upon, and uh, it's what exists today with smart speakers. Uh, I mean, can you just talk through that evolution from the smart speakers of today and how things, how you see things evolving? All right, well, let's, let's just start with that, you know, phase zero. The phase zero we call machines as announcers. And a classic example would be something like, um, your dishwasher mm. has a little red light on it that says that it's running out of salt. 
right? Okay. So that's a machine telling you, you know, the demand signal is not coming from you. It's not because you've noticed there's no salt. It's because the machine's done that for you. And that's absolute zero. That's really, you know, very base level. Mm. In level one, um, you know, what we refer to as, as bound machine customers, the machine is going to order something for you um, in a very restrictive way, in a very mechanical way. So a good example would be your printer, Cliff. You know, a lot of people have these printers that uh, will reorder their own ink cartridges. Yes. You delegate to the printer, it orders its own ink cartridge. It's it's only going to order a, uh, an ink cartridge when the other one runs out. It's very simple. It's a simple, you know, if then else real, rule. Mm. And it's only going to order probably the proprietary cartridges from the printer manufacturer for that printer. Very restricted bound customer situation. The next level up would be the adaptable customer. And that's where the machine will start to infer needs on our behalf, right? Mm. And um, and then also will shop between different uh, sources for that. So let's go back to your um, your, your situation where you're 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 making dinner. Um, if the machine suggests uh, to might suggest two or three different kinds of uh, meal that you might want this evening, um, it might amongst those choices, it might be saying, well, the, you know, it's going to be providing healthy choices because it knows, you know, you've you've been drinking quite a lot of alcohol lately, and maybe <laughs> and you and you need a bit more vitamins or something like that. It knows and me too well. Shop. <laughs> yeah, and then it's going to shop online for for those things. At that point, now it's making choices. And and it's a late and, and it goes to a marketplace and it's able to buy from different providers and different suppliers. So it's learning about what you need, mm. inferring your needs, and those might vary. It's not just a simple replenishment action, and it can go to a to a marketplace. And then as it, as machine customers evolve further, they go to the to our final stage, which is the autonomous stage, and that's where really. Um, they're, they're starting to have their own needs, mm. right? And they they know what they need in addition, and um, they become full economic uh, entities. And and that, you know, and and they and they're starting to go also for things that you didn't even know you 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 needed. Uh, and so um, a good example of you didn't know you needed your uh, robot vacuum cleaner does does dust analysis. This is there are robot vacuum cleaners yes. and the top end Dysons already do dust analysis and determine that your cat is shedding hair uh, more than usual mm. and change the you know the, the you know the, what's being bought for your cat um, in order to look after your cat because the machine knows better than you what you need or what you need for your cat that mm. would be an example of that and then machines having their own needs well we already see that today to some extent with uh, machines that need repair, um, that order in advance those services for repair, preemptive maintenance, those kinds of things, predictive maintenance. But what we're seeing in the future, not that far away, is machines that are earning and spending. Um, so the classic would be the autonomous car. As you know, Cliff, they're already running around San Francisco. They're just a, on the cusp of being licensed for the general public, and they've mm. already been running for quite some time now. Roving around San Francisco, picking up fares, earning money, but also needing to spend money. The tire blows. Where does the car get the next tire? Does it drive itself? Does it order up a service that comes out to it? Mm. The, there's no, There's no driver. 
you know so it just becomes more effective for them to consider the machine being a customer but then it's earning and spending for its own needs it might need cleaning for example it might need recharging for example it's earning money by hiring itself as taxi spending the money by buying tires and fuel and, and cleaning services uh you know and, and it's you know when you it sounds a bit kind of fanciful but it, it, there's nothing really much between us and that scenario now mm. okay i mean my one of the last things i wanted to look at is um because in the book it, you've described uh some of the scenarios that where big businesses are involved and certainly where we, we started this conversation looking at you know the likes of amazon now I know that during the pandemic, you know, as 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 we all know, you know, many small companies went cashless, uh, but and but what I think it's it's quite hard today to see how a specialist retailer, uh, let's say an Indian or a Chinese supermarket, right, is or your local baker, you know, um, I mean, how are they going to be able to be part of this ecosystem, which? it may well be dominated by the big players because they've got the, you know, the technology platforms. I think it's a, it's a really interesting question. Certainly for our book, you know, we, we, we talked to a lot of businesses and we talked to a lot of big businesses about the way that they'll insert themselves, the digital giants that you talk about, but also all of those larger non-digital giant businesses that have to find their way in this world. But if we move, you know, to your point about, you know, what would smaller businesses do? Well, first of all, the electronic commerce world, right, hmm. that which has been evolving for 25 years, that has provided for small businesses. I mean, Etsy is a scaled up platform that dedicated to nothing more than supporting small businesses. There's no reason to suppose that small businesses will go without a platform right here. So I think, you know, for small businesses to be able to provide their services to machine customers, pl platforms will evolve to allow them to do that. So machine customers will go to the platform, the platform and shop amongst lots of small businesses, not only the big ones. So that's a really important aspect. Then from the other point of view, I'd say that small businesses are themselves customers. So they need to buy things. Uh, often they have to buy quite a lot of things. And for the small entrepreneur, that's a lot of work. Mm. One of the key insights here, Cliff, is that being a customer is work, right? I mean, we often say you enjoy uh, buying, um, you know, rare whiskey, handbags and cars. You do not buy, enjoy buying toilet paper, um, tires and, and life insurance. Mm. So, you know, for a small business, there's all kinds of things that need to be bought, you know, pr premises insurance and all the things that are going to go on the shelves. And so software that becomes the customer on my behalf could be quite smart. And we have a specific example, actually, that we that we picked up in research for the book, which is, you know, those refrigerators with the glass fronts, um, mm. the Americans call them coolers. And you would walk into a small shop on the corner shop, and they'd be full of, you know, brightly colored fizzy drinks. Now, you know, the for the proprietor of that small shop to be thinking, what exact mix of Coke or Diet Coke or Fanta or whatever should I be putting in there? What will sell best of all? You know, they got a lot on and, you know, that can get quite dull and repetitive. So, you know, at the moment what actually happens is the drink, drink distributors have salespeople who go around kind of talking to shop owners and trying to encourage them to change their mix, that kind of thing. The whole thing's quite inefficient. Mm. And we're talking, to, we've been talking to one or two of those distributors where 
they're working on smart fridges, fridges that essentially curate the mix within them, right? And yes. say, okay, I know what's selling. I know what the weather's going to be next week. I know maybe I can even know the size of the humans, their children or adults are regularly shopping in front of me. Mm. And so the decision algorithm of the fridge would be the fridge as the customer would be the smartest way to go. And that, of course, assists the, your small business. So there's plenty of ways in which I think this trend uh, could benefit small businesses, not only big ones. Yeah, I mean, you're, touch, you're touching on um, almost like the, biz, the business to business side. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, in, if we go sort of outside, you know, the supermarkets and re, in retail, uh, I mean, we have looked at the smart, you know, these sort of ink cartridges that buy, you know, the ink printers that buy their own cartridges and, and things and consumables yeah. and things like that. Uh, I mean, do are there other examples that, you, you've seen the or that excite you in, in this space in terms of making business to business buying a lot easier um yeah we, well we, we 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 talk to one company that makes software that um you know for supermarkets mm. uh, you know mid-sized supermarkets yes. not the very biggest right and um you know they're, they're getting the right mix of things on the shelf is really difficult and they use professional buyers the software is using uh, you know neural network based ai to learn from years and years and seasons and seasons of purchasing behaviors and patterns such that it can forecast uh, hopefully more accurately even than a human and you know what we have to remember is that you know machines are relentless. They're they're logical and relentless, and they you know they don't switch off. They don't make they don't make mistakes in the same way we humans do for the lack of attention or lack of interest. So, certainly, I think um, large scale professional buying software is 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 there for those kind of categories. I think the interesting area is going to be um, in the more complex B two B where you've got people specifying in the in the in the customer business and salespeople um, working on the other end for larger contracts and those kinds of things. But if we look at you know what generative AI has been doing recently, and if you just play around with ChatGPT yourself, then you can see that things like generating heads of agreements, outline terms, you know, particular clause types for contracts, that kind of thing. A lot of that thing, that that work will certainly be coming in to support those kinds of uh, actors. Uh, and eventually in, in simpler categories, it'll probably start to take over because it'll become, you know, quite mechanical. For every truly complex sale, there are probably half a dozen really not very complicated sales that need to be made and could be automated. Mm. I mean, do you, do you see a scenario? I mean, is, is it, it's probably possible today. A lot, of, a lot of these things is possible, but they're not joined up. You know, where say the uh, the fast food delivery driver in his car or her car is able to pick up someone going in the right in the same direction because the app sort of you know the app knows that. Uh, well, we're all going in the same direction, and uh, it, I mean that's today's uh, uh, that's today's you're logic. Absolutely right. So we've so when we when we talk about machine customers, right? Yeah. I think it's often the immediate thought that comes to mind is that the machine will be buying. Um, a thing mm. or some or you know a machine service or a physical product but of course a machine can buy human service yes. there's no reason why if, if human services are for sale it doesn't mean to say that you know machine cars can run. and so we would conjecture really simple things like an oven knows that it is dirty mm. i mean i think even you or i could probably work on the sensors and the algorithms for that even though i haven't coded in a long <laughs> while right i mean it's not that difficult is it you know the the glass is you can't see through the glass anymore the light's mm. blocked it, 
that you know, calling a gig worker, because that's, you know, people who come around with steam wands are going to be independent businesses, almost like a gig worker. So going to creating a marketplace or a platform for gig workers to go in and do specific kinds of services like that, it's really not particularly difficult. You know, in one of the scenarios we placed in the book, we 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 talk about the idea of um, waste bins, you know, the you know kind of trash cans that you would see on the street mm. uh, or in parks. And, you know, that they become more sophisticated economic actors and that they order emptying services or that they order repair services or that they order movement services. I am a bin. I am not receiving very much rubbish in my current location. I need moving closer to where the action is, you know, <laughs> next to a railway station or something like that. Yes. And a gig worker comes along in a van and moves me. Mm. Right. So as I become a total economic actor, you know, I'm earning perhaps in Bitcoin for eating eating more garbage kind of thing. And I'm spending on services which would include those human gig worker services. Um, so, yeah, it, it, those are those are, you know, again, annoyingly plausible They're not even particularly difficult to enact. We're talking about a few more rounds and another decade of entrepreneurship. Mm. And, you know, clearly a willingness for, you know, organizations to want to go down that route. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 occupy a huge amount of human mind share in being customer. It is work. Mm. We know that our modern economies, our advanced economies are lacking workers. So this is part of total productivity I think for an economy. Um we know that there are growth opportunities from machine customers because so often things that could get done or should be consumed aren't because we forget to buy, right? We know that this is work. And if we can take the mechanical repetitive work away from people, that liberates them to go and do other things. It was a time that I would have felt like you, a uh, bit squeamish about that, you know, uh, machines taking taking human work and leaving everyone unemployed. But that's just not the way it is anymore. Demographics have determined that we're short of people, hundreds, mm. thousands, millions of people, certainly here in the UK where we're sitting, mm. if that's definitely true, right? And we're occupying people inside corporations doing repetitive buying work that, honestly, you know, if it can be automated, why not? Yes, yeah, okay. Well, Mark, thank you ever so much for taking part in today's conversation. You're most welcome. And thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.